Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 259. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Frillman, and I am joined this evening, afternoon, morning drive to work by the one and only Samantha Har. That's me. Yes, and today we're going to be talking about... So there was something last last week. What was... It was an event. Um, I don't know. It was just like a bunch of money flew out of my pocket. Oh, yeah. All our bank accounts suddenly dried up. What was that? Um, what was that? I think a new pre-release kit, pre-release event came out. Some Modern Horizons that we've talked about a few times now. Just just a few. Just a few. <laughs> and we were saying we... So tonight we're going to talk about specifically head judging your first pre-release. And we were saying we probably would have discussed this a little earlier... But there was just so much cool stuff coming out for Modern Horizons that we really wanted to focus on that. But there, you know, there's also the the new D&D set coming up, not too terribly long. So we'll get you prepared for that one. Yeah. So pre-releases are probably the most fun event you can do as a judge. Pre-releases are, there's a saying, L1s are trained in regular and they want to work competitive. L2s are trained in competitive and they want to work professional. L3s are trained in professional, and they want to work regular. I've never heard that, but that's so true. That, that I think that is so true of most judges I've met. Uh, Toby's even said that if he could get away with running the Pro Tour at, at regular rel, he would. <laughs> and it's so true. It's because it's just, oh, it's so laid back. It's so relaxed. It's so much better, which is one of the reasons why judges love it. It's, it's new cards, excited players. And you don't have to be, like, stuffy rules bot 9000. You know, it's like, this is a warning for failure to maintain game state. <laughs> right. I think pre-releases are so, are great for so many reasons. I totally agree. It's really the best because you get to see people that only... I mean, they're players that only really come out of the woodwork for pre-releases. And it's a good time to sort of say hi to everyone you know, in Magic World, kind of at the same time, at the same place, get to know your community, reach out to your community. Um, So if you are head judging your first pre-release event, it's a very exciting thing. You're likely going to be doing this at your local game store. So get out there and get to know your local game store so they can hire you to do this. It's a ton of fun. Yeah. And TOs are also super excited about pre-releases because uh, Q, the, was it Mr. Krabs meme? It's like, what do you like about pre-releases? Money. Money. Right. <laughs> Store owners love pre-releases because money, which is why they're in business. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to like say that that's a that's a horrible horrible motivation, but at the same time, they see pre-releases not only as it a way to sell sell kits, but it's also a way to get new players into the store and potentially turn them into returning repeat customers, which is really what the primary objective of a tournament organizer should be, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a business. It's there to make money. And pre-releases are honestly, from a TO perspective, pre-releases are the best advertising space you have for your store. To Because you're not just trying to convince people to buy into the product. You're also, you also have a really unique opportunity to have people sort of buy into your community, to your values, the lifestyle of your area, um and all the cool people you know and have play with you regularly. So it's a good time to be like, hey, we're cool. You could come here all the time if you wanted. So give them a reason to come there all the time. Absolutely. And as a judge, you're responsible for helping foster that environment that will bring those players back. 
Yes. You know, that is that is your strongest selling point in getting repeat gigs. We'll talk we'll talk about first gig in just a second, but getting repeat gigs is if the TO can see that you are making the players happy and those players return, you are set up to be the judge they they lean on next time. And I think I think for this for this podcast we're going to talk a little bit back and forth so so really there's there's kind of two types of judges that that do pre-releases first for stores there's the judge that is a store employee and is doing the pre-release as part of their em- employee duties and then there's the I'll I'll do finger quotes standalone judge who's not directly employed by the store you know who who comes in to do the pre-release and there's a lot of overlap between those two roles, but they're a little bit different. And I think from our perspective, Sama, your perspective is typically as you are a judge, but you are also an employee. Uh, Yeah, me personally, yeah. I, I started as an LGS manager and then became a judge because I, you know, loved the community so much. But yeah, I've always had sort of both perspectives there. Right. And I'm more of the... This, I have I have another job, you know. I I judge on weekends occasionally as a hobby. I I am the non-employee judge with the non-employee perspective. <laughs> so we've decided that we want to work a pre-release, or we've been asked to work a pre-release. What do What do we do? So you're there's a lot of people pleasing you're going to need to do both to get hired and to stay hired and to remain hireable in the future. So let's talk about the four sort of groups or people you have to interface with and communicate with, talk to, get on board with. Um, so you're looking at the TO, them, you know, the TO themselves who's going to hire you. Um, the TO, the tournament organizer may also hire a judge team for you depending on size of the event, location. So the TO, your judge team, the players are, of course, the third category. And then... You kind of need to look at what you can do to make the event fun and engaging and valuable as an experience for yourself. So don't leave that one out. Make sure you're kind of thinking about all four of those types of people. I oh, know you're working an event. That's a job. You can just a soulless corporate drone, you know, nine to five in your pre-release cubicle. <laughs> in the in the pre-release minds, just hammering it out. Somehow the pre-release cubicle just made me feel really sad for a moment. <laughs> like. That's, okay. that's where the two-headed giant happens. We put him in a big cubicle and just shut the door. All right. So I've been to a store. I've done a little bit of the legwork. We were talking before. The TO, you, you don't just like walk up to a strange an- a strange dog and pet it. You know, even if it is the goodest boy, you don't necessarily do that. You let the dog like sniff your hand first, right? Mm-hmm. So much the same way, you kind of want to let the TO sniff your hand. Trust me, the analogy works. It it works. Um, It absolutely does. You're absolutely correct. So something I've learned in sort of transferring communities from the D.C. area to Florida, to Central Florida, is that there is just a wild difference in attitudes just across the board, depending on what TO you work with, what your local community looks like. So regardless of what kind of TO you have near you, like whether they're super open to judges, whether they're kind of skeptical of judges either way you should kind of establish yourself first like go get to know them hang out a bit you know ease into a relationship with them you know a friendship (laughs) with them because if they know you're not weird 
not a not the bad kind of weird and you're fun and friendly to be around there's a very good chance they'll consider you when they need a judge yeah a really great way to make inroads with the to is to show up for the, the first fnm and then look around and then afterwards just tell the to all the ways that they were wrong in all the stuff that they did oh, we love that yes that's so good and how you make those inroads is kind of dependent on the to like Every, every TO is different, and they respond to different motivations, and you're going to need to kind of explore what those motivations are, and if you're approaching them to help with a pre-release, you want to understand what their motivations are and kind of make a sales pitch to in, in that direction. You are going to be your own best agent, your own best marketing department. So believe in you and sell yourself the idea of you as a judge, as an employee, and in such a way that they want to buy what you're selling, which is your time and your expertise. Yeah. The strongest reason, or the pitch, rather, that the judges have as to why you want judges is we are the event experts. We know how to run these events. And even if this is kind of your first pre-release, you presumably have some experience working FNMs and stuff like that. And a lot of this carries over. But then there's a more of a social aspect, a, a customer service bent to pre-releases that you need to be aware of. Absolutely. Yeah, and if if you're not if you're not confident, what what do? If you're not confident, you fake it till you make it, champ. Yeah, just pretend. You fake to, it. Just think of a confident person and pretend to be them. I think that's a Neil Gaiman quote. Is it <laughs> something like that? I don't know. Eventually, you'll become whatever it is you pretend to be, and that's true. That's the way of it. Yeah, just pretend to be me. I'm so much more confident than my actual ability should allow me to be, but I'm an extremely confident person. Not really. I'm a big, giant mess all the time. I am a living embodiment of fake it till you make it. Oh, so, yeah, same. I just, you know, if anybody calls you on anything, just, you know, hop on your skateboard, do a little kickflip, and just put on your hater blockers. Don't even look at them. Just <laughs> 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 Sail off into the sunset. Sure. Don't worry about it. Okay, so... You've just let the TO sniff your hand. What are you going to do after you have them agreeing to you working a pre-release? So that's a, that's a great step. You know, you're in there. That's awesome. So let's um, be very sure to set expectations. When they say we're having a pre-release and you're hired, what does that mean to them? Because it might not be the same thing it means to you, and you want to find that out well in advance and make sure you can all get on the same page. So I, I think one of the first things you should do is, what am I getting paid? Mm-hmm. Like, that is not a, that's an awkward conversation to have at the beginning, but it's significantly less awkward than 6 p.m. Saturday afternoon after you just worked two events. Yeah, don't wait till after the event to find out, but um, I, th I think my best sort of strategy here is to, n I won't let that be the first thing we talk about before the event, because like, I think if you sort of talk, hash out all the other details first, you can really set the stage for this is how much value I'm providing by having agreed to do this, 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 and this. Now that I've, now that we've agreed what value I'm bringing, here's, now let's agree ahead of time on pay rate. That's a good approach. You you can kind of like a lot of these setting of expectations can kind of happen in a circle or a cycle. Like everything kind of depends on itself. So I did a conference presentation on pre-releases this past weekend. 
And one of the questions I asked was, what do you consider fair compensation for a pre-release? And the answers kind of all settled in a particular area, anywhere from like free entry into the event, a pre-release pack, or maybe like a box or store credit if I have to work multiple, multiple events. So that was kind of the the range, at least what, what people were offering up as to what they considered fair. Now, I think what changes that math is if you're going to be playing at the same time or if you are a dedicated judge watching, overseeing the round, start to finish, you're the judge. Like, And that's an expectation that you need to set. Yeah, the um, judging while also playing in the pre-release is, is something that I have not seen before, but apparently is a little more common in this area down here in Florida. I think it's uh even even for like maybe like store employees where it's like their day their day off, you know, that are that oh, are working yeah, the pre release. Sure. But yeah, it's not uncommon. Um, so what are what are some of the other questions we should really be like finding out ahead of time? Um, will you have a team or are you flying solo? Um yeah. how many events will you be launching? Are you expected to do are you doing constant flights? Are you doing just one big event? Um Yeah. Side events, you trivia, doing a midnight pre-release. You're right. Oh my god, midnight! I'm so old. Yeah, <laughs> I no. Can't. I can just feel my bones getting tired thinking about <laughs> that. Um, so my favorite side event was um, Dragons of Tarkir dice bowling. You remember that? I do. I do. We almost we we like came very close to breaking a lot of things because people were in on that. People were not about to like lose at dice bowling. So sometimes pre-releases in the in the way way back times in the before times might have like a a silly little gimmick like there was an extra deck that you had to play against for theros uh there was dragons of tarkir dice bowling there was a hell vault for in uh for avacyn restored i think it was you know which which had like bonus cards in it and you, you had like a little checklist of things you had to do and after you accomplished enough of them the hell vault opened and everyone got goodies that may or may not have been very, very different from other stores' goodies. Like, some stores had, like, a double-sided angel and demon token, and the other another store had, like, judge-foiled demonic tutors. Uh, that is a bit of a difference. <laughs> Something else is not just silly little games, but also if they have pre-release decks that are tied to a guild or a clan, you might have, like, people people signing up and, and trying to, like, pre-register or not pre-register yeah pre-register for a particular clan or a particular guild yeah honestly anything you can do to help with logistics of of especially that kind of stuff every to appreciates um but yeah all the all the different natures of events you will be expected to launch find out ahead of time um how many players you expect the to expects to be playing at whenever the the building the venue it becomes at hits max capacity like what is the max amount of people you will be in charge of judging at, at the highest level? Right. And if the answer is 100 and the number of judges helping you is zero. Do not agree to that. That's a thing that you should probably know before you show up. You should know that and not agree to that. There, Figure out figure out your tolerance for player to judge ratio and insist on more judges if you know you need them. You don't need to be a hero, you know. Another thing, uh, we are event experts, so one of the things that we can help do is maybe look at the prize structure and see if there's some problems with it. 
that that was a bit of your presentation here, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Certain prize structures sort of accidentally can encourage some improperly determining a winner. Yeah. So one of one of the things, if you have a four O prize and a three one prize, so best practice is like four rounds prizes based on uh, record. That is a best practice for pre-releases. It does a f- it does a few things. One, it lets everybody play enough and gets the event over soon enough so that you can start event two without things getting too late, right? Because you do have build time. So these events are going to run about five hours. So that's two events is 10 hours of play time. And if you add an extra round onto that and you run two events, that's 12 hours. Just a thing to, to consider. Uh, don't even get me started on top eights. I've never, I've never been to a pre-release that did top eights. Is that a thing? We occasionally hear where it's like, oh, my TO likes it because the players are really competitive and they want to simulate and they want to, you know, no, 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 no. Pre-releases are best. Again, the point of a pre-release is to bring in the new players and, and turn them into and turn them into repeating players. The vested players, sure, they can come in and they can have fun, but but you shouldn't. Cater they have to... every other yeah they have every other magic tournament in the week every every week to do that right so right. you should you shouldn't cater to those players at the expense of the new players that you're trying to bring in and what happens there is or what you want to do there is you want to encourage broad prize pool that doesn't go very deep like a lot of vested players they like the very deep prize pools where you know the first place gets half a box and second place gets whatever, and then if you're outside the top eight, you just get nothing. Well, I, yeah, I think that's a mistake. But right, that's that's bad. You you probably want to like give a a new player that's showing up. You want to give them a chance to get something because then they're more likely to have a positive feeling when they leave and more likely to come back. That that player that wants like the half a box for for their first place finish, that person's coming back at F and M regardless. So, so, all right. So, yeah, price structure is important. Who's going to be running the software? And are you like, are you going to have a dedicated scorekeeper? Perhaps. Um, good to know ahead of time, and good to make sure you are familiar with the new event link. I I have not used the new event link yet. A lot of people haven't, and that's okay. Um, it's you know, it's it's a work in progress. I think they're still doing a lot of updates and changes to it, yeah. but it's it's a pretty neat thing. Everybody can just kind of. Hop in on their smartphone and record their own scores if they want. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, you're gonna need to be familiar. Like, what happens if not everyone has a smartphone? Because not everyone does. Right. Um, not everyone has a smartphone. Yeah. What happens if somebody reports the wrong score maliciously or not, and the person they're playing against doesn't have a phone to see it? it you know, these things come up. Be prepared for them. Yes, because the software isn't, and I'm yeah. not joking about <laughs> that. You need to be prepared for it because. You know, so I've I've been in software development for 22 years now, and I can tell when a developer didn't want to do something and then kind of gives a reason for why they didn't do it, and you can just you can just tell when that's not the real reason. That's kind of what I feel like when I that's that's my alarm that's going off when I hear about like why they don't allow certain corrections and repairs and stuff like that. But anyway, that's Maybe just my opinion. That's just my opinion. It, it makes me nervous that it's web-based, but maybe that's because I'm old. I don't know. So 
I think we're going to have on this next this next topic, I think we're going to have different opinions. Weirdly enough, yeah, I, I think, I and I would have guessed we would have had very opposite, you know, I guess you tend to be a little more conservative. I tend to be a little more eh, loosey-goosey on, on certain things, uh-huh. but, on but dress one. code, I can, oh man, see, as a TO, if I hire you as a judge, I want you to show up in your judge uniform. I want it to be, I want it to be ironed, starched. I want you to look just fancy. I want you to look prestige, just perfect. You should look the absolute per- perfect judge. Yeah. Because that... that's friendly. That's inviting. You know, people want to look up to you as a a pillar of the community. Like, you should look very professional, I, I think. I am fine with that for comparable events. We are in 100% agreement for for pre-releases, though. I'm like, eh. Because what happens is, is I think, I think especially, especially if you're playing in the event, like if you are playing and judging at the same time, you should not be in your black judge shirt because you, you're when you're sitting down from your opponent, you're broadcasting that I'm the judge authority, and that's not really the the vibe that you necessarily want for that match. Oh, I don't know though, because like okay, so you're you're brand new to Magic. It's your first tournament, your first pre-release, and you're like, man, I need help. Who's got my back? And it's somebody like in full cosplay regalia. Like I think I'd be intimidated to talk to them. Not be, and which is not to say that it's not cool. It's just like I think I would, me personally, I would be, I would really start seeking out like who looks professional and down to earth and reliable. You know, maybe not. I don't know. I think at this particular point, at the pre-release, you want to be down in the trenches with the players, and the uniform kind of sets you sets you apart from that. You know, you you're talking about like clean and pristine and professional and you're kind of up on a pillar to a degree, slightly metaphorically. Maybe yeah. maybe not a high pillar, maybe only like three or four inches. A stoop? A, yeah, sure. But mm, at, a, at a pre-release, when you're sitting down, when you're building your deck or you're playing against an opponent or you're just sharing bad beat stories, just... No, be casual. I'm not necessarily like I'm not one that's gonna like dress up with a beanie baby monkey on my shoulder and wear like a pirate hat and pirate whatever their coats are called. Uh, I'm not gonna dress up like that. But I don't mind like a fun hat or something. But you don't mm. mind that you don't you don't have a problem with hats at pre-releases. Like uh, like a f- if if you want to do like a pirate hat, you know, for the Ixalan pre-release, I think that's cute. I think that's fun. I still want the rest of the judge uniform there though. Ah, oh. we we had a one, I think I think it was at one pre-release or this might have actually been a PTQ. We went like in the strip mall. We went like four doors down to Firehouse Subs and we got their plastic fire hats, fireman hats. And then hey, we at came, least you. Oh my god! We came back and we wore them for the rest of the event. At least you made it a uniform. See, at least you all matched. See, I can work with this. <laughs> I think. Sama on board hats at pre-releases. Got all it. right. All right. All right. Got it. All right. So another thing, not just expectations on what's going to be happening, but expectations on what you're going to have available to you quite literally in the form of equipment. What venue and equipment you're going to be working with. And what what is this mystical shake it fast? (laughs) What is what is this note? My show notes are are something else. Yeah. Show me what you're working with. (laughs) Shake it fast. Anyway. So you're you're the event expert. Like you know what's necessary in order to run an event. You know that you're going to need a paper cutter. You know that 
you know, a table snake for table numbers is is better than just straight going in, in a row. If you don't know this, you'll find out quickly. <laughs> yeah, you're going to learn this real super fast. <laughs> you're going to learn today. Right. Where where are where are pairings going to go up? Like these are these are all things that maybe possibly you can wait until the morning of or the day of to figure out, but really you want to have a an idea when you walk in what you're what you're what you're working with to quote mystical. Yeah, if, I mean, and hopefully you'll be at least a little familiar with the, if it's at an LGS, familiar with the venue, see if they're going to, if they want the tables rearranged, because that, you know, however the current layout is, you will become familiar with the already existent sort of traffic jam areas, and if they want to rearrange the tables, it's a good idea to kind of try and predict what traffic jam areas might be, because trying to fix those, trying to fix traffic jams between tables and chairs, like, when everybody is in the building crammed in together is much more challenging than moving it ahead of time. So let's assume for a second that you are the scorekeeper. What is a, it, it's an unexpected problem, or maybe if it's your first event, it's something that you might not think would be a problem. If you're the scorekeeper, if they only have one computer for sales at the store, like you're using the computer that you're using for the event is the register. There's one computer and that's it. Yeah, it, it happens sometimes. And if you have a laptop, it can't hurt to bring it. I I would suggest, you know, obviously take care of your stuff. Be sure it stays safe. But most yeah. judges I know will kind of, for these kind of events, will bring their own laptop as a backup just in case. Because that, that you know, depending on the, the sales traffic, that could be a lot of time lost sort of waiting right. for access. Yeah, keep, keep in mind, it is the TO's responsibility to provide the the hardware to run the event however if you decide if you decide to be like overachieving super prepared judge bringing a laptop to access the event is fine i i did have one event where there was a single computer register and the to was looking up the prices of Yu-Gi-Oh cards to do a buy and i'm just sitting there with a bunch of slips and i'm like can i can i get in there can i get in there can I, can I get in there? And eventually I had to like, with the TO, I was like, um, all of those players are waiting. Can, can I get in there? I need two minutes. Oh, oh yeah. Well, why didn't you say something? Well, I did. (laughs) I've been, maybe my, my passive aggressive sighs weren't loud enough. Oh my God. (laughs) It's like, do you not see the like room full of grumpy people furrowing their brows at you, sir? (laughs) All right. So yeah. So that's dealing with TOs. That's the first kind of group of people down. Um, next up, let's talk about if you have a judge team, how can you be a good leader to other judges at pre-release? Because not only is this going to be the first event for a lot of players, this might be the first paid or organized event that some judges do. How can yeah. you be a good leader to them? So in that regard, if you are lucky enough to have a group of judges uh, working the event, then you want to make sure that those judges are know that they're supposed to show up. <laughs> like, can we, okay, can I we, didn't even think we were going that far into the how-to. Like, <laughs> I hope so. You want to communicate to those judges. You want to reach out and talk to them before the event before the event starts. Yes. And the, one of the convenient ways is like, hey, all, hey, everybody. You know, it's going to be great to work with you on Saturday. The subtle reminder that they're they're working the event, and you can kind of say. Uh, I've talked with the TO. These are the expectations. 
whether or not you're allowed to wear hats or flip-flops or you're supposed to come in your judge blacks. I think we have very different experiences in pre-releases, like the formality. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that does seem to be the case. We Yes. In, in D.C., we, we liked everyone, all the, if you were working, if you were being paid to be at, in that building, you, you were expected to be just the absolute example of professionalism and a good time and community pillar. And if you were not being paid to be there, then you were expected to act like a clown. And that's okay. That's what we're all here for, right? Like, <laughs> Definitely, you want to make sure that you've talked to the tournament organizer to understand what their expectations are. If you have judges working with you, you communicate to them what the TO's expectations are. Now, if you are all store employees and you've been there for a long time, you, you know this already. You, you, work with, you work with the TO. But, but that's all before the event. Is there anything specific you want to do the day of? Yeah, the day of, I, I typically like to do just a little email or something before just, yeah, like you said, to kind of go over a couple of expectations for anyone that may not have worked with the TO before or isn't an employee. But at the start of the day, like well before the tournaments actually need to get launched, um, I like to sit down with my judges and have a little meeting just to see if everybody knows each other, make sure everybody's prepared. Um, you can tell people to bring things, but oh no, maybe they've forgotten. That's okay. Like you, you can get them extra supplies. Um, you want everyone to start the day fresh and excited and make sure everything goes smoothly. Something you want to, any anything you had to ask the TO, you want to be sure to communicate that to your team because I know that as a tournament organizer, if I have a whole group of judges and they all keep asking me the same questions each one of them is asking... It'll, it makes me think, oh, there's not a lot of leadership. There's not a, a lot of communication here. And that will make me not want to rehire the head judge. So food for thought. You know, if, if, if you keep having, if your whole judge team one at a time goes up to the TO and is like, hey, where's the bathroom? Hey, where's the round time? Or like, uh-oh. One of the things that you, you want to do, if you are fortunate enough to have a group of judges, you want to make sure that they're doing a thing. <laughs> like, I, I, I know it sounds kind of obvious, but you want, there are bits and pieces of the tournament that need to happen and making someone responsible for the pairings, making someone responsible for cleaning up the area, making someone responsible for collecting the, the wrappers, you know, from, from the, when they're building, you know, all of those are things that a mean those judges are involved, whether they're fully staffing the event or if they're also actually playing like those things still need to get done somebody needs to do them mm -hmm. so tell someone you know assign the job hey pick up that trash don't be afraid to delegate i know it sometimes feels a little Ugh, to tell other people what to do but that i promise you that's what you're there for and it is okay yeah make sure you're communicating respectfully um i know that sometimes i can come across as a lot more short and sometimes a little grumpy than I intend and I have to work on that, you know, so it is what it is. Just, you know, try it, try to communicate nicely with your team. Um, and I think it's also important, be sure to communicate what you, what the expectations are for their role and the timing of their tasks. But also I like to try to give people a, here's what to do if there's nothing to do. And if that thing is you're allowed to play, then cool, that's all right. But if this isn't that kind of situation, 
I would, you know, give them give them idling tasks as well. Like, hey, if there's nothing else to do, grab the trash bag, go around, do a sweep. Maybe go just double check that, you know, the bathrooms have been cleaned. And if not, tell an employee, tell a store employee. You yeah. know, just ha- give give them something to do in, Clean, in the idle time so that you don't have to constantly. I don't know about that. I don't Clean, know that I'm yeah, cleaning the bathroom. That's as a not judge. above and beyond for, for judges. That's a that's no. Don't do no, that. No, no, no. That's if a store if, employee task. Yep. And if you're a judge and a store employee, grab that mop. Yeah. Yeah. But if yes, you're yes. if you're not a store employee, then just, you know, it's like, hey. I better be know. on at least your your regularly your regular hourly payroll if right. I'm gonna touch a bathroom. <laughs> absolutely. There was there was a, there was absolutely an event I went to one time in which it turned out someone had pooped in the trash can in the bathroom. One of the perks of not being a store employee. If you if you look at yeah, if you were only a judge and not a store employee, if you look at anything and go, that's a biohazard, do not touch it. It is not for you. Yeah. So let's let's talk now. You've got on here feedback. What do you mean by that? Feedback. If you're working with other judges, let them know how they're doing. I think it's really important, especially because as we said, a lot of judges may be doing their first or very early events in their judge career. They may not have a lot of context yet for how well they're doing at being a judge as opposed to a player or a store employee or a TO or anything else. So I like to keep a little, a lot of judges, I think, like to keep a little notebook and write down notes about the people they're working with. Um, If you're lucky enough to have a team or to be working with other judges, if you see somebody do something really cool, you know, write it down so you can talk to them about it later. If you see somebody do something that you're like, I don't understand why they did that that way. Like, write it down and ask them about it later. Um, if you see something really upsetting, maybe go talk to them right now. <laughs> you know, just keep keep notes throughout the day so that at the end of the day or maybe when you get home, whenever you can find time to sort of carve out a moment to sit down, have a real heart-to-heart discussion, you can kind of go over those things and offer suggestions to, you know, be even better next time. We can all improve, right? Mm-hmm. I think this community thrives on honest, genuine feedback, which is not to say sugarcoat everything. And it's also not to say be a jerk. You know, it doesn't have to be, not everything has to be a tough it out situation. Like be honest, be genuine and care. Please be aware that other judges may, whether they tell you this or not, may also be making notes on you to talk to you about later. And that's okay. You know, that's, that's part of our judge culture. That's something we do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could actually have another, another conver- a whole other podcast on just being able to accept feedback. Right. But so the players. So we've we've talked about what the tos expect from you and what what you can you can work out with the to. What do the players want? They want a good event, right? They're there to have fun. They're there. They're there to have a blast. Yep. And while this, while what I'm about to say was measured against GPS, I bet it applies to pre-releases as well. Uh, Watsy did a, a study a while back, this was many, many years ago, about the GPs that people felt the best about and the GPs that people felt the worst about. And there was a strong correlation between the GPs that the, of players liking the GPs that started and ended on time Yes. And a, and a correlation and a strong negative correlation between satisfaction and the GPs that didn't start on time and had long wait times between rounds and stuff like that. So 
I'm glad to hear my my I'm glad to hear that my biases there are confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> I a thousand percent agree. Yeah. Start on time. You're the trains must run on time. That is so you want you do not want the event to start late, so all of the prep work figuring out how to pass things out, show up at the event, show up at the event early so that you can figure out what the plan is so that at 2 p.m. seatings for builds are going up and then players are moving to their seats and you got you got boxes of product in your hands or you've got a, you got another store employee to help you out if you're if you're running solo or if you've got the the squad of judges with all their boxes ready to descend from the ceilings and Ka-ka. drop it. Yeah, that'd be great if they just dropped out of the ceiling and like, there's your kit. And then they went back up. Yes. And then they went over like one table and dropped back down again. That's a much better structure. Have a plan to distribute the product. And if they do something weird and wacky like guild kits that you were able to pre-register for, maybe instead of just doing random seating or, play, or, or name seating, you seat the players by the guild that they that they selected and then and then that way you just like all five golgari people sit here and then just golgari yeah that's a tongue twister you just pass out all five golgari gol you know what i'm trying to say the green black yeah that thing you just pass them all out and then you go over and do with boros you are going to want to have a player meeting at this point in time in your pre-release so what are some good ideas for things to talk about in your in your player meeting? Um, well, one thing I want to say right off the bat is don't let the players start opening their pre-release kits until after the announcements are done. Because once the moment that plastic tears, they aren't going to hear a word you say. I know you think it's going to be a good idea like, oh, we'll save some time. What you're also going to save is comprehension. You don't want that. The, the other thing is... Once one player starts to unwrap their stuff, it's like... Oh, there's no stop. Yeah, there's no stop. It's going to just ripple out and spread out from them. So definitely, as you're passing them out, do not open this until I say so. Only politer. Yes. Be polite, but be firm. Be loving, but firm. Um, So, but because you are making people wait, do be polite and try to keep your announcements brief. Um, Be sure to ask the TO ahead of time if there's anything... They want you to add into announcements. Maybe they've got a big event coming up they want to remind people of. Maybe there's, you know, some something with parking that they need to know. Like window boxes. Window boxes are going to start after after the event. Or we still got tw- twenty more spaces for two headed giant. Yeah, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, check in about those things. Um, yeah, keep it brief. Keep it necessary. Um, introduce yourself and your team. How many players there are? How many rounds you expect to play? How long will the rounds be? Where is the timer? Where is the bathroom? And I hope you like the way I wrote this out in one single word. Yeah. If you need a judge, raise your hand, shout judge, and keep your hand raised. Right. If you just call for a judge and then lower your hand, you're not calling for a judge. You're just trolling me. Right. Right. Now, one other thing. At a pre-release, there are possibly a few other things that you need to you need to explain. Where the lands are. If you are playing in a set that has snowlands or wastes you might need to tell people that hey the only snowlands you have are the lands you open they're not going to be in the land station if you are playing in a set that has modal double face cards you might want to remind them 
that they need to play with either the helper cards or with opaque sleeves. If it's Strixhaven, point out the modal double face cards, and you might tell them, hey, you're going to open these wacky mystical archive cards that might be like a Swords to Plowshares. Swords to Plowshares isn't in Strixhaven. You can play with it anyway. What you don't want to do is listen to Judge Cast and and hear well you, you want to listen to judge cast but you what do you don't want to do <laughs> you do want to listen to judge cast but you don't want to hear us explain how thrasta works with trample over planeswalkers and then in your head judge announcement start explaining how trample over planeswalker works if the planeswalker that you're attacking animates nobody cares right no one's listening to that like, just move no along. one's listening to that like one person maybe two are going to open a thrasta and that situation is never going to occur. So what you want to save is you do not want to like talk about the nine new mechanics or the 45 God. Modern Horizon 2 mechanics. You want to basically do, like with Strixhaven, Mystical Archives, you can play with them. Modal Double Face cards, good sleeves. You don't got to talk about Magecraft, right? No. no. You know, so if there's if there's a new mechanic that looks like it's problematic, if this is like the first time Vehicles has come out or Bestow comes back with, you know, uh, Theros 3, Take the Crown or whatever, you know, explain explain the mechanic if it's complicated, you know, maybe Morph, you know, if that's in if that's in the thing. But don't go into everything. The players, when they get those boxes in their hands they just want to open them and they just want you to stop talking so yeah keep it short keep it sweet keep it moving right so you've given your head judge announcements the players are building you're probably building i say probably you might be building also you might be playing and judging at the same time you want to keep an eye on the clock you're still managing the clock you're still even if you're playing you were still hired to do a job, okay? And you can't be like, oh, well, I'm building, so I can't answer that judge call. No, you're playing because you agreed to answer that judge call. No one will be impressed by that. No one. Right. Let's say that you get through build. Okay, so let's, let's talk a little bit about interactions that might come up if you are judging while playing. So I sit down across, across from my opponent, I am working that pre-release. I am representing the tournament organizer. I should be the the model player. I should be respectful to my opponent. I should make small talk. I am judging as a customer service job, and even when I'm playing my opponent, that's customer service. I shouldn't be super sharky and scumbagging them and using my superior judge knowledge to understand how combat shortcuts work. It's a pre-release. Come on. Right, settle down. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> right. Right. Basically <laughs> be the type of player you want in your event. Let's let's talk about some problems that can arise while playing as a judge. Yeah. Um you I mean, you might get some judge calls. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Sometimes when you judge events, you get judge calls. Um sometimes you <laughs> need to issue time extensions. Um, when when that happens, you know, if you're playing and you need to step away for a second to take care of a call or other things, most opponents are going to be totally understanding of this. That's I've never seen this really become an issue in my time. No, just let them let them know when you sit down. Hey, I'm the judge for this event. You 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 might have seen me up front giving the announcements. However, uh, if there is a judge call, don't worry. Uh, we'll just pause this game and we'll get the appropriate extension when I when I get back. Absolutely. 
I have yet, well, I say yet, there was one problem I had with that, which I'll talk about in just a moment. Now, let's say you're playing, you're playing in the event, and you are the scorekeeper also, and your match looks like it's going to time. Um, and maybe you actually have slips that you need to record in an event link and, and do some sort of evaluation. What I'm gonna, what I'm gonna advise here, and this is just, just an advice, is be realistic, like, with your, when evaluating your chances to actually win. If you are 5% to win, just, get out of there. Just scoop. This is, this is not, you know, where you're trying to eke out eke out all of the value you can't like i'm not saying that you know you're in a, a knockdown drag out slobber knocker of a fight this is just uh channeling jim ross there um just be be honest with yourself and if the odds of winning are very very low just get out of there you you can't do any more good back there wedge um, everyone will everyone will be glad for it. You will you will make a lot of friends that way. <laughs> right. It will look very good, even if it's not necessarily what you wanted. So yeah, most opponents are going to be totally understanding of this. Um, and most, you know, most players are going to be totally understanding about things not going exactly perfect because you're playing. But, you know, try to keep, try to keep everything up as best you can. Um, you may run into some disagreements during your match. So who, who do you call when you're the judge? Who watches the watchman? <laughs> This is helpful to have a second a second person like even if it's the store employee to to bring the, to bring them over and and have them and have them listen to the situation you are still the head judge but you want to not use or flex that that power right not the time absolutely yeah. not the time for it so what you can do is, though, this isn't necessarily like a, a judge call with regard to rules. Typically, you'd be able to just explain the interaction and the per- explain the interaction. And if you've read your release notes and you're up on things, then that should be the end of it. If the player still wants another opinion, yeah, you can bring it. You can bring in the store and play the whole appeal thing. It's a pre-release. You can be a little loosey goosey with it. If it's an actual like he said, she said situation involving like combat you're not going to be able to be like this is the way it is because you're relying on your interpretation of events just like the opponents relying on their interpretations get the other person if you don't have another person you're going to have to make the call and understand your biases when you do that i mean basically i feel like the to themselves are usually able to get involved in this like you said and um maybe there's another judge in the in the room that's playing i mean I'm sure nobody, and I'm sure other judges aren't going to mind if you just ask this once their objective opinion, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, another thing is if you go off to do a judge call in the middle of your game and that judge call becomes a DQ investigation. Awkward. It is because your opponent now is going to be sitting there waiting while you, and, and I don't know about you, but I've never been in a DQ investigation that's taken less than like seven minutes. Oh, absolutely not. Oh, no, this becomes a production. Right. This is going to become a production. And again, you need to realize the fact that, yes, you are playing in the event, but you're also representing the tournament organizer and you've got a player that's over there. So, again, be cognizant of the time, how long that person is is waiting. If they're cool with it, you know, maybe stretch it. But there's a certain point where you're just going to have to cut bait. 
right? right? Now, here's my disagreement during the match story, you know, or where the opponent wasn't cool with me. Uh, I took a judge call, and when I came back, the player was looking at the top card of my library. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. That yeah. that extends way beyond. That's really stretching what I think of as disagreement. <laughs> that's fisticuffs. <laughs> well, well, see, the disagreement was they thought they should stay in the event where I thought they shouldn't. Oh, um, yeah, I'm yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a thing. Yeah, a little bit awkward. Get the tournament organizer involved. Let them know what the, you're going to do. Get them on your side. If they trusted you enough to run their event, they're probably going to be like, you know, are are you sure that's what he was doing? And you're going to go, yeah. They're going to go, okay. That should be the interaction. And and the fact that the, I mean, and the fact it's a pre-release helps a whole lot because truly the stakes have never been lower. Like, yeah. you're you're not in a, you're not trying to weasel out competition for all these boxes. Like, if your <laughs> right. grand reward for, for like, sneakily DQing your opponent is four packs, like. <laughs> right. That's what I'm putting my reputation on the line for four pack. Now, if they're collector boosters of Modern Horizons 2. Well, I think my reputation is worth a little more than that, but maybe not yours, Brian. <laughs> okay. So those are things that might come up while you are playing as a judge. Now let's talk about, so So earlier Samuel was talking about, you know, hey, while the event's going on, while you're not actively playing, what are some things that you should be doing? As aside from cleaning up trash, but there are there are non mechanical things that you should be doing, right? Time to utilize those soft skills. Yeah, again, judging is a customer service gig, and the thing that you want to be keep aware of is keep them players happy. So talk to the players, like be an excited be an excited player with them. Pre releases are awesome, right? Even so. if you're even if you're not that excited for the set, like. The energy people bring in is so fun. Like, they're excited for the set, and be excited that they're excited. Yeah, like, even if you're, even if you're like, this is the worst set I've ever seen, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, how cool is it that they're that excited, you know? We all remember feeling that way, especially in our early Magic days. I think that's amazing yeah. and something that's really important to foster. And Right. That interaction, listen to bad beat stories, look at, look at people's Ugh. decks. Like talk about cool card interactions. Like, hey, we heard this this really neat thing on JudgeCast, and you know, talk about that or that Thrasta tramples over Planeswalker's ability that you really wanted to talk about, but you cut from your head judge announcements. Well, you can talk about that to players and like, listen to this cool wacky thing. It's like, what happens if my Planeswalker becomes a creature, and then just watch their minds explode. <laughs> As you get to explain to them, and then they get to realize how it works. It's amazing. It's great. And it'll keep the players happy. The bad beat stories is, is tough for me because I, as a TO, I have people who I've never seen before in my life come up to me all day, every day, and start telling me their bad beat stories and their, about whatever deck they're building. And I'm like, who are you? Like, I don't, like, I'm glad you're happy, but who are you right now? And so part of me, every time I, I, I have a stranger start telling me a bad beat story or about their deck, my, I, I stiffen up, I prickle a little bit, but then I have to remember, no, no, this is the time and the place for this. This is good. Yeah. Encourage this. Absolutely. And unlike other events, you can actually be like, well, hey, have you considered changing your deck in this manner? Right. That's, 
that's a thing because for pre-releases, your decks don't have to go back to their original configuration, you know? So you can you can give you can give strategic advice between matches. Be careful with that. It's not always welcome. Like some people don't don't want that feedback, so you're going to have to kind of feel it out. Give get a vibe, you know, let them let them hold out your hand and let them sniff it. I'm going to get so much mileage out of that analogy. <laughs> You know, no, for real though. If you're if you're explaining something you think they should have done with their deck, and they're going, uh huh, yeah, uh huh, yeah, tap out. All of right, that. get out of there. <laughs> they don't want to hear it, and you don't need to tell them this. You know. Yep. Although, as a little side note, a, a fun trick I've learned to keep people happy is to ask them. You know, if if you just want to start conversation and give someone a good experience, ask them what they what they would do with your build because. Even if you don't necessarily want the advice, people love giving advice. People love doing it for the most part. It's a really great way to stoke conversation. That's actually good. Don't make it seem like a humble brag, like, look at all these sick pulls I got. No, 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 but... not that, yeah. Well, this is this is really how I've just gotten, gotten I've been able to get ahead of mansplaining before it happens. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't even wait for them to mansplain to me. I just go up to people and I'm like, how would you build this deck? <laughs> And funny enough, like I, I laugh about that, but but honestly, it, it creates some of the most endearing conversations. Like genuinely, it's absolutely worthwhile. That was when when I was saying, you know, make sure that your advice is wanted. That might oh, have I, been I, a I, thing was, that was in the I, back of my mind. I was picking up what you were putting down there. I, okay, I, I know. What All right, I get what you're putting down there. Yep. Okay. All right. Another thing to do when you're not playing is watch magic and this is always this is all the way from pre-releases all the way up to pro tour level that will never stop watch magic because you are going to learn and observe how what the players are saying what shortcuts they're taking what the lines of play and what their thought processes are you're going to become a better judge just because you're more quickly able to understand intuitively what's going on and on top of that, you're sending the message that, hey, I'm paying attention. So if you're up to some stuff, don't be. Yep. Even if even if you're not focusing that hard, the players don't know that. And if they see you, you know, watching like a hawk, or at least they perceive you are watching like a hawk, they're a lot less likely to do anything shady pants. Oh, yeah. They're, perceive the, there have been times that I've been standing over players looking like I'm intent in, on whatever game they're playing. And in my head, it's the Meow Mix theme song playing on repeat. Yeah, I think I think I refer to this as sometimes I just loom over people like a ghoul, just <laughs> just haunt their table. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. So one other thing: if you are judging in a pre-release and you are not a store employee on the clock, okay? Because I'm, I'm assuming that most most store employees on the clock for their store would not be allowed to do this. But trading, okay? Trading trading cards. I mean, you are a play. You are a player in the event. It is a pre-release. You might want to get your Thrasta or your um, Esper Sentinel or whatever. You're probably going to want to trade. This is just a reminder that you are an authority figure. Don't abuse that authority. You know, the the Judge Academy Code of Conduct has a statement that says judges recognize their position in the community is based on trust and therefore do not use their position as judges for undue personal gain. This is not like, trust me, I know what the card's worth. You know, that kind of thing. That was a much bigger deal before, like, 
you know, everyone had price apps on their phone and stuff like that. But it's just again, yeah, yeah. And definitely make sure that no one can think that you are adding cards, you are trading for cards in your sealed pool. Like that is a, a look that you should actively try to avoid. That is, that is an accusation that you don't want levied on you. Absolutely. That, yeah, that, that is a good way to, even the, even the suspicion that it might have happened is enough to just absolutely tank people's trust in you. So not worth it. Yep. So, um, while we are on the topic of players, um, get to know your local player culture. So like, like we've been talking about, pre-release is truly for everyone, but you know, there, there are going to be some communities that are super competitive, some communities that are super lax, um, you know, for for the communities that, for the most part, are more that do take magic very seriously, like really do take extra time to be familiar with the the release notes, the rules, questions, because it's going to mean a lot to them. You know, even if they're there to have fun, like it is going to mean a lot to them that you took the time to be prepared and know what they might run into. You know, if your local players are super chill mode, um, what can you do to add value to this tournament, just fun wise? You know, can you make it more over the top, like? Make it an unforgettable, like, party experience. You know, we used to decorate our store like it was prom every time there was a, a pre-release because it's fun. <laughs> I mean, and it was cheesy, but that was the the real cool part about it, right? Everybody got to be cheesy together. Yeah, except you made your judges wear uniforms. Yes. For your cheesy prom. Okay. All right. We were the Just, chaperones. Oh, because nothing says fun like a prom chaperone. Well, they got to have fun, not us. We weren't there for fun. They were there for fun. Yeah, so things that have been done for events here, possibly if you have an air quotes local celebrity, maybe they're playing in the event, you put a bounty on them. I had never heard of this before, and this is such a fun idea. Yeah, just you get if you beat them, you get an extra pack, you know, or have have them do gunslinging. There was one pre-release many, many, many years ago. We had Sheldon Mennery there. We gave him a pre-release kit. He built a sealed pool, and you could just, if he wasn't involved in anything, you could just sit down and you could either play a game of EDH with him, or you could play his sealed his sealed pool versus your sealed pool. That's just a fun little extra thing on the side while you're waiting. And that drew a crowd and a lot of chat and a conversation, so that's really cool. You could uh, have a raffle, you could have trivia contests in between the rounds, uh, obviously, you're going to want to talk to the TO about these kind of things, but these are suggestions that they might not, that are actually pretty easy to implement that they might not think about. Or I think the value that you gain for stuff like this is drastically more than the cost of what it takes to do it. Oh, yeah. The community building here is so strong. Like, this is prime opportunity for community building. And. From the TO's perspective, the amount of money you will make in the future from people wanting to come back is well worth whatever you're putting into making this happen. And on top of that, so, side note, every TO in the world, I guarantee it, has, like, random old promos and doodads and gym cracks magic-themed in the back that they're like, this would be a great prize for something, but I don't know what. Now's the time. Have them bring out the old weird promo items, you know? Like, yeah. Now is absolutely the time to sort of clear out the the whatever it is they want out of their office, but don't know what what to put it towards. Make it a prize for a weird trivia contest, yeah, you know? There you go. You, you have one of the old uh, Kaladesh 
vehicles that you had to assemble and put together that's been hanging oh, from your ceiling. Those were beautiful. Oh my gosh, they yes. They were, but you received those free from Watsy. Yep. Make them make them a prize in your D&D or Dungeons and Dragons Forgotten Realms pre-release next go round. Especially if you want to make room for something else. You know. It's yeah, it's really easy for us to become sort of callous and jaded to the like promo materials because we see so many and we have access to so many more than the average player does both as tos and as judges but to a lot of players getting even one like kind of neat promo item even if it's old or different or like kind of peculiar like it's gonna mean the world to them because they don't find themselves constantly surrounded by those things like one good thopter could could make someone's whole month you know (laughs) words to live by right one good thopter one good thopter (laughs) Um, and, and definitely you want to, if you, if you see a experienced player, so one of the things to watch for is impatience. So this is kind of like, you want to reward, you want to, you want to positively enforce positive behavior. So if you see a experienced player exercising patience with a new struggling player, call that out as a good thing. You know, not not in front of the, obviously not in front of the player who's struggling to play the right, game. Right? Don't make a scene yeah. and don't embarrass anyone. <laughs> right, right, right. That's a real good job, and you and you being patient with this 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 person. Thanks a lot. But <laughs> yeah, just after after the match, just be like, "Hey, I noticed you're playing against this person. Their, their turns were taking a really long time. You were super patient with them, and I just want to say thank you. Uh, it it means a lot, and you really helped make their day." special and good right like that was really cool of you man thanks like yeah that's awesome absolutely people people love attaboys attaboys yep attaboy or girl. what you know just a you friend (laughs) so yep okay so now sammy you you had you had a list of of the to the other judges the players and then finally your yourself uh what what did what did you mean by that Gotta look out for number one. What do you need to do to make sure that this goes well and is an enjoyable, as much as an, you know, as enjoyable as it can be for you? You know, you want this event to be good for you. You don't want to be, you don't want everyone in the building to have a good time while you're suffering to make it happen. You know, don't, don't do that. I can't be a martyr. What if I enjoy being a martyr? Don't. It makes everybody uncomfortable. Don't do that. So what, but so figure out what it is you need to have a really quality pre-release experience, you know, as a judge, as a player, as, as all the things you will be while you're there. Um, make sure you get enough sleep the night before. Be sure to arrive early. Bring extra supplies. Are you drinking enough water? You know, have you scheduled some breaks for yourself? You're going to need them. You're probably going to need them. Like, um, something like... Be decisive and clear in your instructions to others. If you have people have to ask you for clarification on the same topic over and over and over, it will wear you down. So not everything, not every choice you're going to make is going to be perfect. Not every, not every instruction you give is going to end up doing what you want, but be clear, be decisive, be confident, and you'll, you'll do great. You'll figure it out as you go. Do what you need to do in order to feel prepared. Yes. Like if you're, if you're one of these people that needs to have a fanny pack with nine pens, two notebooks, a backup toner cartridge, you know, in in your in your fanny pack as you do, and a laptop to feel prepared. Then 
then that's what you got to do. Like if that's what that shouldn't be a requirement. Those things aren't a requirement for you to do to judge an event. But if they're things that you feel more comfortable having so that you can swoop in and be Superman if there's any problems, then bring them. If you're also the kind of person that you roll in where it's like, eh, I'll just grab a pen from the counter and I'll use a notepad or I'll use like the back of receipt paper for notes. You know, if that's what you need to feel comfortable with, sure, go for it. You're probably going to have a little bit of a hard time doing that bare bones. But if that's where your sweet spot is, then roll with it. I would say eat before before you start playing. Or, or judging, because realistically, if the event is one hour for build and and four hours for play, uh, four hours for playing, that's realistically about five hours. Like, yeah, you should be able to have a break in there, but not necessarily a food break. Right. You may not right. have, and there may not be any food available very easily, you know, unless you brought it yourself, just depending on the venue location and setup. So, right. Yeah. So have have a way, you know, have a full belly. Or a or snacks or something like that, you know. Have have a plan for food. I guess is really really what it boils down to. Yeah, and I guess my sort of ending thoughts on this topic are that people are not going to remember every little flaw and mistake you make, but they will remember how you made them feel, and that's very important in pre-release. So keep that in mind. You know, don't sacrifice customer service for absolute perfection because absolute perfection is unattainable. It is. That's not reality. Um, so work hard, be brave, stay honest, and your event is going to be awesome. Yep. What is this uh, This wrap-up section here? What is that? Metrics now count again for TO product allocation. Oh, that was just for Modern Horizons was the one that it did not count, correct? So they haven't counted for a while. And so you're, there are definitely going to be some people who don't know what this means. So metrics now count again for TO product allocation numbers. What this means is that before COVID, the amount of pre-release product that stores could order depended on their attendance, their recorded attendance numbers to their events prior to the upcoming pre-release they were about to order for. So during COVID, obviously, just all metrics went out the window and Watsi put a freeze on that so that if you can't run events in a plague, you weren't going to get negatively affected by this. And that was really generous of them. That's very cool. Um, but now that people are getting vaccinated and the virus is subsiding a bit, Watsi has decided to again start looking at attendance numbers to decide how much pre-release product TOs are allowed to order. And but So what this means for you is that TOs are now going to be strongly encouraged or influenced to run live events, even if they haven't been, if they've been extra cautious and haven't been doing live events, they're, they're now feeling a little more pressure to do so. And more events means more opportunities for judging, friends. So get out there. <laughs> <laughs> Beat it. Get out the door. Shoe. All right. Yeah, shoe seems like a good uh, good segue into into wrapping up. It's just like, yeah, get out there. Shoe. Beat it. You don't have to. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Go out there and reconfirm yourself as a pillar of your local magic community, friends. So the next pre-release uh, at the time of this recording is Adventures of the Forgotten Realms, beginning July 16th on Friday and running through Thursday, July 22nd. Pre-releases can begin as early as 3 p.m. on Friday, Thank which is goodness. wonderful. Yes, uh, for those of you 
who have been around for a while, midnight pre-releases used to be a thing, and they were miserable. Everyone hated them, which I don't understand why they were so popular. Like, players came out in droves for them, and everyone hated them. And I think that's absolutely correct, and I think part of what it was is that people would come out in droves to play one round and then go the heck home. Yeah. And then, the like, ten people would actually want to stay. And it, I don't know. And a lot of times, it was after FNM, too, wasn't it? So you'd play FNM and then just kind of, like, hang around for another two hours because you scrubbed out of FNM early, and then midnight pre-release, and you were tired and exhausted and you didn't want to be there. And the employees didn't want to be there because they finish up at like four or five in the morning and then they got to like close up shop vacuum to be back at 10. Oh, so the the Friday night magic um, on a pre-release weekend thing is always amusing. Um, a lot of people or a lot of stores sort of struggle with what to do then, because if you do like standard and drafts, you know, sealed, whatever, a lot of people are kind of not sick of, but they there's nothing new and interesting about whatever's going on in standard prior, you know, for all the prior sets to the one about to be released. So the attendance numbers can sometimes be tricky. So what what we used to do was run a um a chaos draft in that time slot instead, oh. and it was a good way to kind of clear out old packs, open fun packs, and everyone had a blast. So that's a good side, idea. side note tip. That's a fun time to sort of yeah. insert a wacky draft. All right. All right, that's our episode. Join us next time when we talk about... What, Brian? What are we talking about next time? Complaining about pre-releases. Complaining about pre-releases. Oh, not complaining about pre-releases. Oh, <laughs> complaining about conferences. <laughs> do y'all listen to us just to hear us complain? Because we'll do it. We will absolutely do it. It, it oh. would be a Patreon. It'd need to be a Patreon level where it'd just be like, Brian and Sam complain about uniforms for 30 minutes. If you want us to complain about something, let us know, because we could absolutely queue it up as a topic. Um, until I then, <laughs> um, until then, you can send us an email at judgecast at gmail.com or like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at JudgeCast. Until next time, I'm Samantha Har and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prillman, and I keep two toner cartridges in my fanny pack. <laughs> figure out what we're going to do for next you know it's probably going to be something stupid like it's not going to be something stupid it's going to be something fun and informative well no I'm, I'm just looking okay so the next episode we record on is the 6th and then after the 6th will be the 20th but you said that the pre-release for D&D is the 16th yeah so we want to we need to we need we're going to do one of two things either we record on the 6th and the 13th or we skip a week and record on the 13th so our next episode could very well be another release notes episode if you want to if you want to like double up i'm okay with that if you want to okay. go harder rather than lax i'm, I'm okay, okay with that. yeah that's that's fine ish